Hello and welcome everybody to another episode of Sig Daddy's Wrestling Show. I'm your host Sig Daddy and today it's the Money in the Bank pay-per-view review. I apologize for not getting it up sooner. I had a little issue that prevented me from recording last night, but I have it for you today. It's Money in the Bank 2020 and it was the most unique Money in the Bank ladder matches that took place on Sunday night. But before I get to that, let's talk a little bit about Becky Lynch. We're going to find out on Monday Night Raw what her big announcement is. The rumor is, there is a rumor. There's probably multiple rumors swirling around. This is just one of those rumors that Becky Lynch will be relinquishing the Raw Women's Championship because she's pregnant. That's only rumor. So we'll find out exactly what Becky Lynch is doing on Monday Night Raw here pretty soon. Actually, I'm recording this at 7.15 on Monday night, so we'll find out probably in the next hour or two what's the big announcement from Becky Lynch. But let's get this Money in the Bank pay-per-view review underway. We're going to start out with the kickoff show, Jeff Hardy versus Cesaro. And there's not much story heading uh, leading into this match. It was just really uh, Hardy's first big match after he's returned and I thought they delivered pretty well. I thought they had a pretty good match. Cesaro and Jeff Hardy. Cesaro carried most of the action. He looked really, really good. Made Jeff Hardy look very good too. And this had some really good psychology, some nice psychology involved. And it was not bad for a match that had no build. Jeff Hardy gets the win after a swanton bomb. And really, Cesaro did a great job of selling the knee. Cesaro got hit with a whisper in the wind earlier in the match, and he sold that for the rest of the match, and he did it really well, which led into the finish, actually, because Hardy threw Cesaro into the steps. He hit his knee and flew over, and then Jeff Hardy hit a diving clothesline on the outside, and then eventually hit the Swanton and got the W. I'm going to give this match a B-minus grade. I thought this was a pretty solid uh kickoff show match and a good good way to kick off uh, Money in the Bank weekend or Money in the Bank Sunday. But uh, main show starts out with a fatal four-way tag team match for the tag titles. And it's the New Day defending their titles against the Forgotten Sons, Steve Cutler and Wesley Blake with Jackson Riker ringside against The Miz and Morrison against Lucha House Party, Grand Metalik and Lince Dorado. And I got to say this, this match was chaotic. A lot of stuff going on, a lot of stuff happening. I hardly knew when people were legal in this match, but really, I thought this was a pretty fun tag team match, fatal four-way tag team match. I just hope they get to the point, you know, get next by next pay-per-view, which is Backlash, I hope they get to a one-on-one tag team situation because the last, what, three or four months, it's been multi-man tag team matches, and I'm kind of ready to see a contender be uh, solidified and challenge in a one-on, well, two-on-two tag team match for the tag titles. Whether that's the Forgotten Sons or Lucha House Party, I don't really care, but I'm seeing where, I'm thinking they're going to go towards the Forgotten Sons, have them get that big win over the New Day and win the tag titles. But the New Day, they do retain in this match after Kofi hits a trouble in paradise on Lince Dorado and Big E hits a big ending on Grand Metalik to get the win. I'm going to give this match a B grade. It was pretty fun. It was a pretty fun and energetic way to really kick off the show and the main well, the main card and the New Day, they've got to be one of the most the one of the best actually opening 
show match performers in recent history. I wasn't expecting them to retain this match in all actuality. It was really a toss-up, but toss-up, but uh, it was fine. New Day retains, and hopefully we get the Forgotten Sons winning the tag title soon to add some depth to the tag team divisions, but uh, it should be fun to see more of a build from the Forgotten Sons as they probably will get ready to challenge the New Day here again, possibly as soon as Backlash. After that, we get a Lacey Evans interview, and then we get Charlie Caruso with Drew McIntyre, and he talks about how he's the underdog coming into the match. Actually, Charlie asks him that, and he says, heart, passion, and desire, and this thing called the WWE title will be damned if he loses tonight and promises to shut Rollins' mouth and break his jaw. After that, we get R-Truth and MVP. Well, we did. It was supposed to be R-Truth versus MVP, and... R-Truth, before the match even has a chance to get underway, he tries to teach MVP how to ball. They argue back and forth. The Truth ends up accidentally slapping Lashley. and then Not Lashley. Well, actually, does he accidentally slaps Lashley because Lashley does interrupt the promo battle between R-Truth and MVP. And then Truth slaps him, and then that ticks Lashley off, and that leads to a match. Pretty quick match. Lashley... Gets a vertical suplex. Truth misses with a scissors kick. And as they're both running off the ropes, Lashley hits a spear to get it done. Not much to this match, really. I'm going to give it a D grade. I felt like this was a complete waste of time. Because this really could have been done on Raw. I love R-Truth. I do love R-Truth. He was very entertaining as usual. And I like seeing Lashley becoming dominant again. But I don't really think this was necessary it was necessary to put this on the pay-per-view because this could have easily been accomplished on Monday Night Raw. And and I get the feeling they're working towards a Lashley and MVP pairing possibly. Who knows? But I'm going to give that a D grade. Didn't need to be on the show. Could have added some more time to the other matches. Then we get Corbin talking smack and a phone recording. And then we get Kayla with Bailey and Sasha before they enter for Bailey's SmackDown Women's Championship match. And Bailey completely ignores Charlie Caruso's question. And then we get Bailey with Sasha Banks defending her SmackDown Women's Championship against Tamina. And really, I thought this was a pretty good match. This was Tamina's best match I've ever seen. Like, I by far. Tamina looked really good here. And what this really got to was Sasha still helping out Bailey, even though they're, they've been having their issues recently because uh, Tamina went for a top rope splash. Bailey got her feet up. Tamina hit a super kick and a Samoan drop, but then Sasha caused a distraction before Tamina go, went for the pin. And then Tamina gets angry, chases Sasha. Bailey attacks and she tries to get the Samoan drop again, but a crucifix pin by Bailey gets it done for her and Tamina. Goes for the continues to go for the Samoan drop post bell, but Sasha takes out the knee and knees her in the face afterwards. I'm gonna give this match a B grade. I I enjoyed it. This is the best Tamina has looked. Bailey really helped her out there, and uh, I like the psychology in this match. Also working Tamina's knee. 
We get a promo from Seth Rollins following that with Seth saying it's his destiny to win the title tonight and admires his courage to step in the fire with him. That's Drew McIntyre and he will unburden Drew McIntyre and it's Seth saying it's his industry and company and show to lead into the future and this will be for the greater good when he wins the title tonight. After that, we get Braun Strowman defending his Universal Championship against the Firefly Funhouse version of Bray Wyatt. And I thought this was a very enjoyable match. A lot of this stuff on this show was, I thought, good to great. This, this is another good match, I thought. I liked the mind games and psychology. Not the psychology more so, but the uh, mind tricks that Braun was playing, uh, mind games Braun Strowman was playing on Bray Wyatt by putting on the old black sheep mask. And that was kind of the big uh, ending of the match because Strowman, he put on the black sheep mask after he got knocked off the apron. He rose from the ground and Bray Wyatt was so happy to see him and stuff, and then Strowman rips off his shirt, and Bray says, this time everything will be perfect. Him and Bray pose on their knees, and then Bray gets on his feet and poses and laughs in his face. They hug. All the Firefly Funhouse characters are celebrating that Braun Strowman is home, and Braun takes off the mask, stomps on it, hits a running power slam, and that is it. Actually, Bray did earlier in the match hit a Sister Abigail, and it didn't. It, Braun Strowman kicked out. But overall, after that power slam by Braun Strowman finishing the job, I thought this was a good match. I thought this was a pretty solid match that will probably lead to us having a Fiend versus Braun Strowman encounter. And I'm fine with that. I'm fine with the Firefly Funhouse version of Bray Wyatt losing here. And I really enjoyed the mind games in this match. I'm going to give this match a B grade. And then we get a hacker video post-match. And the hacker says he's everywhere, sees everyone, hears everything. I'm the truth and no one's safe. And we didn't find out who it was later in the night. But this is pretty interesting. This is one of the most interesting things going on in WWE right now. There's a lot of rumor on who's the hacker. Who are the hackers? There's even a female voice there. Female there teasing with whether it be Ronda Rousey, Maurice, or possibly Mickey James, and the other two uh, men being Chad Gable and Mustafa Ali. This just has me intrigued in general. I'm very, very interested in seeing who are who is the hacker or hackers. Following the hacker video, we get Drew McIntyre defending his WWE Championship against Seth Rollins. And honestly, this was the best thing on the card at this point. I really enjoyed this match. Some just two really good performers going at it, even with no crowd. If the crowd was there, they'd be going ballistic, saying this is awesome and all that kind of stuff because I really enjoyed this match and... Both men sold very, very well during this. A nice little thing they were doing during this match was that they went for the fit, their finishers multiple times and they couldn't get it. But eventually, Seth hit his finisher and Drew kicks out at two. Seth then goes for his finisher again, but Drew gets his head up this time. He hits a Glasgow kiss. Rollins then hits a super kick and then Drew rebounds, hits the Claymore 
And it's academic, folks. Drew McIntyre retaining his WWE Championship. And this was a very, very good match from these two, as I expected. And I, it was the best thing on the show so far. Some really nice psychology in the match and some really nice selling by both men. I liked the story they told with the finishers. They couldn't hit it, but when they did hit it, which was actually Drew, when Drew hit it, it was over. When Seth hit it, it wasn't quite enough. Just showing how resilient Drew McIntyre is. And this is hopefully to establish a dominant title reign coming up for Drew McIntyre. But I really enjoyed this match. I'd go and check this one out if you don't check anything else out on the pay-per-view. Well, this and the following match or matches. Who knows? What who what do we call the Money in the Bank ladder match? With the, both the men's and women's. Is it two separate matches or is it just one going on at the same time with two different winners? Who knows? But I'm going to give the Drew McIntyre-Seth Rollins match and A-. minus. After that, Drew extends his hand to Seth Rollins and Rollins actually shakes his hand surprisingly. Following that, we get Charlie Caruso interviewing R-Truth and Truth says MVP was a tough opponent, but he beat him. R-Truth, you dog. You dog, R-Truth. Always getting stuff confused. And then Truth says he has no one to celebrate with, and then he looks at a picture of him with the 24-7 championship, and he asks himself, if I don't want to be lonely, I'm going to go get my baby back meaning the 24-7 championship, the 24-7, 48-7, 7-11, I-95 South, whatever else he says, championship. And says he's going to sack Tom Brady and win back his 24-7 championship. R-Truth being hilarious as usual, but we get, here we go. It's the main event coming up next and it's Lacey versus Nia versus Carmella versus Shayna Baszler versus Dana Brooke versus Asuka in the women's Money in the Bank ladder match. And then it's AJ Styles versus Otis versus Aleister Black versus King Corbin versus Rey Mysterio versus Daniel Bryan in the men's version of it. And Asuka, man, Asuka was the smartest person in this match. Asuka was on the balcony above them and they were perched in front of elevators, and Asuka hits a crossbody, and pretty much, it's a wild goose chase for Asuka most of the match, and that was pretty fun, the women's portion of it. That's It was pretty much what that was, what was happening during the women's portion. They were all on a chase for Asuka, and they, they get intertwined with the men. The men started in the weight room, which that was a lot, very entertaining. Otis put a bar on AJ Styles with weights on it, and that was pretty funny. There was a lot of funny stuff. Brother Love made an appearance. Maybe a Doink the Clown. I don't know. Even Vince made an appearance when AJ Styles and Daniel Bryan were brawling in his office. And AJ Styles and Daniel Bryan pushing chairs in. Plenty of memorable memorable moments from this match. Well, these matches, if you want to call it that. They were very enjoyable. Very, very fun. And it was crazy. Asuka won the women's money in the bank, if I remember correct. Lacey Evans kind of fell off the ladder onto Nia Jax, and Asuka was by herself, got the women's money in the bank. Corbin, he 
committed murder or something because he threw both Rey Mysterio and Aleister Black off of the building. But the last portion of that match, it was Corbin and AJ Styles. They both have the briefcase. They both have it unhooked. But, oh, an old foe shows up of Baron Corbin's, and it's Elias. Elias hits him in the back with the guitar. But as Corbin was letting go of it, and AJ Styles was about to get the grip, get well, grasp the Money in the Bank briefcase, it falls into Otis's hands. AJ Styles fumbles it, and it falls right into Otis's hands. And, wow, that was a surprise because I thought it could have been AJ Styles Alistair Black or Baron Corbin. My pick was actually AJ Styles. I was pumped up when I was like, oh, AJ's going to get the briefcase. Oh, no. what? what? Otis caught it. And now Otis is the money in the bank contract holder for the men's. But the women's, I was happy with the surprise. I was definitely happy with the surprise. Shayna Baszler getting, the, not Shayna Baszler, but Asuka winning the money in the bank briefcase. I had Shayna winning it, but I, I am okay with Oscar winning it, she she deserves it. She deserves it. If anyone's the MVP of the empty arena era, it is Oscar. She is she has been consistently entertaining, very very fun to watch, and she continues to deliver in the ring even though she's being kind of funny at the same time. If you can be funny and deliver in the ring, and she's even though the fans aren't there, she is so over. If you look at Twitter and social media. She's awesome. Asuka is probably one of the most jiffable superstars right now, but she deserves it. She deserves a, a real run with any of the women's championships, whether it be the Raw Women's Championship, the SmackDown Women's Championship, or the NXT Championship. I think really her when she got the SmackDown Women's Championship, she was it was a placeholder role for Charlotte Flair at that point. But I am totally cool with Asuka winning it. She deserves a real title reign. After what they, after the way she's been booked since WrestleMania 34, losing to Charlotte. Well, after losing to Charlotte. But, but uh, Otis, that was an interesting pick. Very interesting pick. Like I said, I had AJ Styles winning it, but I'm okay with it. It's a little different. It's a little odd because Otis is kind of a comedic character. He's a mid-carder. I don't know what he's going to do with the briefcase. I hope he doesn't lose it, but I have a feeling they might be heading that direction with it. But uh, Otis wins it. He's talking like he might cash it in on the tag titles, which I find kind of lame, but it's different. So, And fans have been wanting different, so I don't know what fans have to complain about, really, because you want different... They're trying to give you something different with maybe Otis cashing in on a tag title or something, or maybe it's a secondary title. I just hope he doesn't lose it to somebody in some dorky way. I don't know, but I, I was I was happy with Otis. I was actually genuinely happy and surprised when he won the briefcase. I love the finish where AJ Styles kind of just fumbles the briefcase and it falls right into Otis's hands. But this match was chaotic and fun, and I loved it. Some people aren't going to love it, some people aren't loving these cinematic matches. I really enjoyed it. These Some of these cinematic matches have been WWE's best work in the last couple of years. Some of it. But yeah, that Money in the Bank ladder match, well, ladder matches, if you want to call it that, did deliver in my eyes. If you want to go back, watch that. It is a lot of fun. It's like a mini movie. There's a food fight during it. 
Rey Mysterio gets smushed by Nia Jax and Otis because she's getting he's getting choked by uh, Shayna Baszler at one time and Nia and Otis run into each other. There's a lot of fun moments, memorable memorable moments in that match, and I really enjoyed it. I thoroughly enjoyed the Money in the Bank ladder matches, and I'm gonna give them an A grade. It was fantastic, and. It was a ton of fun. I just sat there, turned my mind off, and just had a lot of fun with it. I'm, that's why I'm giving it an A grade, and which leads me to the overall grade for Money in the Bank. I'm going to give it a B. Other than the Lashley R-Truth match, this was a pretty fun show. It was a pretty good show, too. And everything after that, everything proceeding and following the Lashley R-Truth match was good to great. Especially those last two matches in Drew McIntyre, Drew, Drew McIntyre, Seth Rollins, and the Money in the Bank ladder matches. They were both very, very good, very, very entertaining. And I thought this was a pretty entertaining show, and I would definitely check out the last two things on the show. That's why I'm giving it an overall grade of a B. Hope you enjoyed Money in the Bank. I did. But uh, coming up later this week, on Friday, I'll have my second retro pay-per-view review up. And it'll be a doozy. WCW Slamboree 2000. And if you remember right, WCW was in very dire straits at this time. This is actually their final full year of existence. So January to December This was their final full year of existence because in March, I think, of 2001, they were bought by Vince McMahon in the WWF at the time, now the WWE. This should be an interesting show, to say the least. David Arquette's on it, and he's uh, defending his WCW World Heavyweight Championship against both Jeff Jarrett, I think, and Diamond Dallas Page. So, Should be an interesting show to go back and watch and review for you. I hope you're looking forward to that because I am looking forward to giving you that review here on Friday. Before I go, make sure to follow me on the socials, Facebook and Twitter at SigDaddyWrestle. And if you haven't already, make sure to follow me on Instagram also at SigDaddy.Wrestle. And hit that subscribe button. Subscribe to my podcast on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the iHeartRadio app, and many other podcasting platforms. But until next time, this is Sig Daddy signing off, thanking you all for listening, and so long, everybody.